Hey, good morning. Thanks again for being with us. So glad to be bringing the sermon this morning. Uh, I was just thinking about last year, um, Super Bowl Sunday. We were having about five to six parties across Jersey City, and this year is the first year since our church started that I will not be at the Choose residence. Because, um, yeah, I'm going to be missing their lovely, amazing barbecue and food. Um, but hopefully, very soon, by the summer, I'm praying that we will all be together to enjoy community and to enjoy just God's presence together. Um, but today, <laughs> I will be reading for us and concluding our sermon series on Emotionally Healthy Church. Um, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12 to 15. The words will also be on your screen. This is what it says. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. And concluding this series that we've been on for the last eight weeks, and our hope has been that we would come before God um, to be honest about ourselves and our emotions and our mental spaces and be able to kind of discover rhythms that will help us propel us forward. Today, I want to talk about this practice of the Sabbath, a foundational and necessary discipline instituted by God for our benefit. It is a rhythm of living that anchors us to God, but also to ourselves. The truth is the chaos and the demands of the world slowly chip away at us, slowly decenter us away from God, from ourselves. And the pandemic and ensuing troubles reminds us that we live in an increasingly restless world. So the question before us is how can we find rest in a restless world? How can we find peace in a world filled with chaos? And I believe the Lord has gifted us with this special practice of the Sabbath, a practice that reorients us back to him and back to ourselves. So today I'm going to expound on that and explain what it means, what the Sabbath actually means, why it's necessary for us, and then how we can actually practice this. The Sabbath um, is a Hebrew word that means stop or to cease from. 
From the text we just read, it's, it was part of the Ten Commandments, and this is actually the fourth commandment, to be exact. And Moses is addressing this new generation of children whose parents were once in Egypt and delivered from Egypt, whose parents have passed away, and now the children, this new generation, are about to enter this new land, their promised land, this new space, this new place. And Moses reminds them of the commandments. Moses reminds them of this fourth commandment as they enter this new land. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you work, six days you labor, but on the seventh day you keep it to the Lord. You shall not work. 24 hours in your week you are to set apart to stop and just be to stop all of your human doings and just be to breathe the life of eternity that god has given to stop and trust that god will take care of the rest this is the practice of the sabbath that we come and set aside time just to rest, just to enjoy and delight in God's creation. And notice here, too, he, he invites the household to participate in this beautiful practice. Your son, your daughter, your, uh, your, your, he tells them their donkeys, their ox, anyone that is residing in their homes are to participate in this beautiful practice of resting. It's actually quite countercultural. Because you know, they came, their parents lived in Egypt and were slaves in Egypt and worked and worked 24-7. And here God invites them to a day set aside just to rest. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, the Sabbath sounds like it's something just for Old Testament, that's in the Old Testament law. It has nothing to do with Christians now because it was prior to Jesus. But even if, say, that were true, but there's, there's something here, there's a deep spiritual wisdom that we can glean from, that we can learn from, because this discipline is not only transformational to our physical and emotional health, but also our spiritual health. Because so, it helps us to center and to rest and to, to, to center our lives around God. But also, the truth of the matter is that even when Jesus, when you look at the New Testament, the gospel writers talked about Jesus confronting the religious leaders on their idea of the Sabbath. He wasn't dismissing the Sabbath. He was actually correcting their idea of the Sabbath. Because the religious, religious leaders had instituted obstructive rules that took out the life and the essence of the Sabbath. The Sabbath became more of a burden than, than a delight. And so Jesus rebuked them and reminded them, as it says in Mark 2, 27, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us and not us for the Sabbath. It's not supposed to be a burden. 
It is not supposed to be obstructive, but it's supposed to be a delight. It is a gift given to us by God. It's a gift that enables us to rest from all of our work and to, to, to actually enjoy all God has given us. And that's why we all get the opportunity and the invitation to practice this beautiful discipline. So why is it necessary then for us? Why is it necessary? When I think it's necessary because it is an act of resistance against a culture that only values us for what we do, for what we produce. The Sabbath is a radical and powerful protest against this dehumanizing worldview. If you look at verse 12, again, he reminds them that, remember, you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. God reminds them that they were once slaves to the reigning empire of the day. Again, like I said, to be a slave is to, is to have no rest. It's to be in bondage. bondage. And so for God, so God goes so far to institute the Sabbath to remind them of their liberation, to remind them of their freedom from slavery, and to help them resist the cultural forces that may seek to bind them once again. It's a beautiful picture of our liberation pointing us to that ultimate freedom, our ultimate freedom from sin and death that came even through Jesus Christ. You know, in our context, uh, and we, you know, you've, you've heard about this, we've talked about it, just the spiritual bondage of busyness that is around us, now culture, especially if you live in this New York City area, right, we are trained and taught to be busy, constantly busy workaholics. The pressure, the enormous pressure we have to produce in our culture has tethered us to our tech devices. Think about the notifications we get all the time. I'm getting notifications even right now, <laughs> and I tried to turn it off. But we are inundated with notifications from all kinds of apps. And ultimately, there is this, this bondage we have to our work, to busyness. Even when we're supposed to be off from work, technology has a way to become, has now become that extension of our work. So we take it everywhere with us. Even during the pandemic, I'm sure a lot of us thought, oh, in the pandemic, work might slow down. No, it just picked up. For many, for many folks who are working virtually, you found this to be true, that you're probably working more now than you did before. And that's why sometimes we go to sleep with our minds, constantly ruminating about problems, 
and solutions. And in the end, we never get a break. We never have time to recover. And sadly, there's collateral damage because of that. Right? There's clear research that keeps coming up that show the correlation between a lack of recovery and rest to higher incidence of health risks. We find that even our relationships suffer because of our unavailability to them or because we don't have the emotional capacity anymore because we're just tired and exhausted. A.J. Swoboda writes, who is a pastor, writes that the, the result of this type of living right, is resulted to what he, he would say is perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, and spiritually malnourished people in history. The lack of rest that we experience in this restless world has led us to be empty and tired and frustrated. But I want to remind us, even as God reminded the people of Israel, that this practice of rest breaks us from that bondage because it resists a culture that says that your worth is only as good as your productivity. Instead, it says you are more than what you produce. You are more than what you do. You are beloved and cared by God. And that's why he gives us the space to rest. Again, verse 12, that's for us as well. Remember, you were slaves in Egypt. Remember, you were slaves to your work. Remember, you were slaves to, your, to, to sin and to death. But God has delivered you with his outstretched God has freed us from the tyranny of this world. God has liberated, liberated us from the chaos and the restlessness of this world. And if we can just trust him and set us out, set us out time to rest and to relax, we will resist and protest against a culture that only wants us for what we do. Again, ultimately, this is pointing us to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which through, uh, through which we have been delivered and set free from the sins, from death, from this world. Sabbath is an act of resistance against the culture. It's also an act of worship to God. Again, first part of the verse says, remember, observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Keeping it holy to the Lord your God. By stopping from work, we are saying that, God, you are in control. <laughs> You've got this. I don't have to stress out about this. I don't have to worry about this. My life is in your hands. You are acknowledging God's sovereignty. Now, I, I will admit this is hard. This is difficult. It is difficult for me 
Um, this is one of the things I'm struggling with even right now, just to let go and just to allow God to do the rest. Because somehow I've come to think that, oh, if I don't stop, then it's all going to collapse. It's all going to go away. But what I'm saying there is that, that I'm, I don't trust God. That's really what I'm doing. I don't trust him to take care of it. I'm not worshiping him. Instead, I am worshiping what I do. I am worshiping my work. Sabbath is a declaration that we are no longer in charge, but that God is in control. That if we can cease and stop, we're saying God can do everything else. God is doing everything. I am not in control. And if there's anything we've learned or we should learn from this pandemic is that we are not in control. We're not. But I know it's hard. It's, it's difficult. But I want to invite you to this practice because it is a way forward that could transform not only our physical health, our emotional health, but also our spirituality. We are posturing ourselves under God, renouncing our autonomy and declaring that we are not the masters of our own universe. And in fact, saying, God, you are the master of all. You are the master of my time. You're the master of my life. We are worshiping God by carving this time to rest and to delight. How beautiful is that? That, that, it, it could be, that is an act of worship just by carving time to rest. It's a gift. It's a gift to us. It's a gift to us. It's a gift. So the question now for us is, what does that actually look like? What, what, what does it look like in a practical way? Now, this is the hard part, <laughs> especially now in this crazy season, in this pandemic. If you're a parent with kids, this, I mean, when are you going to find time to rest? You're, you have your own job. You have your kids um, that you're trying to teach and school and, you know, have them watch the computer. And it's just, it's almost impossible. What are we going to do when we're stuck at home? How can we actually set aside time to rest when it feels like there's nothing we can do? I mean, here's what I'll say to that. I would say start where you are. Start where you are. I think the simple thing we can do is actually having a plan of what you could do, even if you cannot do 24 hours. And this, there, again, there's no legalism here. This is not supposed to be a burden. But we can set aside, set, set aside some time out, carve out time just to rest. If you are a parent, and maybe what you could do is figure out each other's schedule, give each other breaks, take a walk. One of the things that I've done that has been really restful for me is actually running. Just running, just going outside and, 
even though it's cold, I'm bundled up, bundled up and just running. And it's been life-giving to me, except this um, crazy snow. I can't run in the snow because I will fall, but that's okay. So I'll wait till it's done. But what can you do? What, what are some things you can do? And maybe you can write that in the chat, actually. What are some things maybe that you're already doing that gives you life, that it's a way for you to rest? And what is something maybe you could plan to do? If we just think about that, what is something I can plan to do that would help me to be rested? That will help me to carve out time. If you're able to take, out, take 24 hours, that is awesome, beautiful, that's great. But if you can just do two hours, if you can just do three or five, that's even good. That's great. So I want to invite you into this. And one of the things um, that, that Pete Scazzaro writes in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he says what we do, the, the things we can do is, one, just to remember that we are to stop, stop from work within that set time, stop from um, checking your emails, maybe just put, up, put away your phones, put away all your tech devices, put away anything that would stress you out. Stop, rest, what's that thing, well, you know, sleep, take a nap. Um, last week we, were, we had our rule of life workshop and I, I was telling everyone like, one of the things, one of the ways I rest, one of the ways I even pray is by taking naps. It's like, God, I have so much work to do, but I, I need a nap. I just leave everything in your hands, it will be okay. I just take a nap. Again, the best prayer you can, sometimes our best prayer is a solid nap. Just rest in God. Another thing we can do is just, what is that thing that gives you light? Delight. So stop, rest, delight. Think of something fun, something you can do that gives you life. Even, even though it's winter and we're stuck at home, what is something you can creatively do that gives you life even now. Maybe it's music, reading, picking out takeout. <laughs> That's fine. Just write a list of something that gives you life. And then last, uh, contemplate. So even within that time, carve out, carve out some time that you can pray you can read the scriptures, that you can be present with God. Again, this is a time we can, that we, this is a way that we are protect, pro, uh, protesting against our culture. It's a way that we are actually worshiping God. It's a way we can actually find rest for our souls. Again, it's not easy. In our world, it's not easy, but it's possible. So I want to invite you to participate in this beautiful practice of carving out time to rest, to stop, rest, delight, and to seek God. Amen. Join us even as we respond in worship. Let's sing together. <laughs>